Hi, everybody. This is Bob Olson with Afterlife TV. You can find us on afterlifetv.com. This is sort of a continuation interview that we have going here. I interviewed James Van Prague about his background up to this point, and really what I uh, intended to interview him about was how does psychic medium James Van Prague communicate with spirits. A lot of people are interested in the process. So once again, welcome back, James. Thank you so much for coming you, and, and, and continuing this interview. Uh, I'm having so much fun with you. I really am. <laughs> Thank you. It's a lot of fun. I appreciate it, and it's great, and it's great to share it all. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people are interested in this, and so we'll get right into this. I'm going to start off sort of simple, and we'll work into maybe some more complicated uh, ideas. You've been giving readings for 30 years. Uh, a lot of people just want to know, do you see, see spirits, hear spirits, feel spirits? What is the process from that level with you? Okay, so the process which I go through, which is different with every medium, because every medium works very, very differently. Everyone goes through a different process, per se. What I do myself is I will, uh, if I have an event or if I have a, a reading for somebody, a private reading, I will... Um, about 15 minutes before, or actually, let me back up by saying, if I know there's a demonstration at night, let's say, the whole day I will put myself into a state of receptivity and a, step, a, st a state of reflecting, reflecting, and paying attention to what's going on around me, kind of keep my mind very open. Okay, that's what I will do because you never know if you're working that evening what signs will be around that the spirit people will use in order to come through that night of communication. Yeah. For instance, I did an event once in New York and I was in a hotel room and I remember I was given a room on the bottom floor which I, right next to a railroad station, railroad, railroad tracks. <laughs> and I knew as it, and I looked at the railroad tracks and I started seeing blood. Now, I started seeing blood in my, my third eye center, clairvoyantly, and I knew something happened. So, the first reading that occurred the next evening was a man who jumped off a train trestle and was hit by a train. Oh. So, you know, you pay attention. Yeah. But um, generally speaking, what I do is I meditate at least 15 minutes beforehand. When I say meditate, I really work through the various energy centers of the body. I open up each energy center and um, I connect with my guides. I connect with several of my guides who are around me. I ask them to be there and ask for protection. I, I work with the light. I then will become, it's very much like a radio where you turn on the radio and you tune in. Mm -hmm. And what happens when I get on stage, um, I will, or I'm getting in the group, I will sit there and explain to the people what I do, and I tell them that the spirit people will use me in different ways. I will be impressed or influenced, if you will, by uh, visuals. I will see things. I will see faces of spirit. I will see their bodies, just like I'm seeing a physical being. I will see scenes that they show me. Many times, many times, those scenes are uh, memories of the spirit. The memory used to have years ago with the person in the audience, maybe it was during the childhood, they used to go to a fishing trip on the lake. I'll be shown the lake, I'll be shown the cottage, I'll be shown that um, clairvoyantly. Yeah. I'll also feel the spirit. Um, and when I start many of my shows, I will merge my mind with that of spirit. So I welcome spirit into my, my consciousness and my mind, and I blend them with me. I give them permission to blend themselves with me. And I first will pick up the personality of the individual, and I will describe how they were as far as what their personality was like. And I will ask them to please give me the, the last days of their life on this physical earth, if they can show me how they passed out of the body, in order to be given physical evidential details. The, uh, what their name was, that uh, the age was, how they found themselves, the situation of the death, were they at home when they died, were they outside of the house, was it a quick impact, 
what kind of was it a disease they passed over? And I go through my head, and I'm sending out these thoughts to spirit people as they're merging with me. So it's a multi-sensory kind of situation. So they will show me themselves, mm -hmm. I will feel them, and I hear their thoughts. Like, oh, I was hit by a car when I stepped off the curb. So I'll hear that in my head as well. Yeah. And do I hear that in their voice? Mm, I hear it like thoughts that I have, or we all have. Like a thought we might have, oh, I have to go down to the store and get some milk. You know, mm. these thoughts like that come into my head. I'm gonna step off the curb. I was stepped off the curb and hit by a car. There's a young man here named twenty. It's 27 years old named Robert who stepped off the curb and was hit by a car. Does that make sense to somebody in the audience? Or I will also go if the spirit standing behind somebody. I will be right there with that spirit. I'll be connected with that spirit and I'll describe who that spirit is to the person in the audience. And um, so it's all different depending upon the spirit, how they want to communicate how the person in the audience is receptive or not mm -hmm. and what their experience in spirit communication is because if you have somebody who's very experienced with spirit communication receiving the information much easier than someone who doesn't know anything about it the same for those spirits who have never communicated before much harder than ones who know about this subject matter or indeed who have come through in other ways oh wow um, <laughs> so, so there you go, Bob. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, you know what? Then I'm, I'm just going to follow some of the questions that I wrote because it because you did cover a lot there. And and as it, as you were talking, my mind's going wild with questions. So Good. I'll back Good. it up a little bit. One, you know, one of the things you talk about was this merging that you allowed the spirits to do and that you feel things. So let's just say if you were to feel that someone passed from a heart attack or lung cancer or whatever it may be, how much of that is you, are you actually feeling? Uh, how much do you allow yes. that? Um, again, it depends on the, um, the spirit who's communicating mm -hmm. and how close they can come to me and how they can influence me. Um, uh, it depends. I, I can't just give a general answer saying, oh, it's like this. Yeah. Because it's, the amount of it is different depending upon the spirit. Yeah. Uh, I've had many situations where I will have, and I've, I've been through many, many spirits who have died of a heart attack, and some it's a stinging feeling. I physically feel a stinging. Oh. Or I suddenly feel a, ugh. Or it's a gunshot. I'll feel a piercing in my head or my, my body, and I'll smell a metal smell. With yeah. cancer, I smell this horrendous smell, which is like a sulfur smell. I smell it. Oh. Um, I've had them come through, let's say someone hung themselves. I'll get a, oh, in my neck, and I go, I can't breathe. And I know it's a choking, a feeling around me. Yeah. Um, well, it depends. Um, many times, when you ask them to provide the death condition, sometimes they know they have to try so hard in order to get it through to the medium that they will really, with their mind, they will send it so strongly to you. Yeah. That sometimes it's way too strong, and the okay. medium will say, oh, take that away, I, I can't breathe right now, take it away. So it really does depend yeah. upon how the projection is given by the spirit to the medium. <laughs> I was wondering if they take it too far sometimes. Well, obviously they do. Okay. They and do. you know, and you, and, your guides protect you, yeah. but also the guides want to make sure you get through. Yeah, yeah, right, right, and and they know that that's what you want as well. So you want it to be clear, but interesting, um, the things that you put yourself through in order to help people in this way, uh, and that's something I'm sure a lot of people don't realize. You know, also you're talking about seeing, you see, seeing clairvoyantly, and actually seeing it as if you were seeing a person. So. Sometimes, you know, I, I've seen you live a couple of times and you'll talk about, you know, actually seeing, we'll say, someone's deceased grandmother. What is it, beside them or behind them or yes. around them in some way? You, 
in this way, you're actually seeing them as if you were looking at me? Correct. I see a full, a full figure of a person standing behind them, and they're very, very solid to me. As I'm looking at you here, yeah. it's very, very solid. Now, that being said, I've also had experiences where I will get flashes of a grandmother or a grandfather, and I'll just be shown their face. Yeah. Or I'll be shown them in a, back in the 1930s dress, the 1930s garb, and I'll describe it to people. This happens so many times. And I'll describe this, this, this dress or how they're wearing gloves or the hat they're wearing. And the person in the audience said, I cannot relate to that. I don't understand that. Mm. Well, within two or three days later, I'll get an email saying, oh, my goodness, I have that picture of my mother on the top of the television set. And she's wearing that outfit with the gloves and the hat. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, so yeah. happens a lot. Yeah. Which is great in the long term, not so great when you're in front of an audience and you and everybody else is trying to figure out what's going on as well. But um, well, that, that's, well, a medium is really just a medium is just the vessel, and yeah. you know it's interesting when you do mediumship. And for all those mediums out there who are doing mediumship the proper way, yeah, they must realize that they are just a vessel, right. and that it's not up to them. Because when you worry about what you get through, and you know, there's a part of the human per being that wants to help and get things correct and accurate, especially as a medium. Yeah. You want right. to. But there comes a point you have to put that aside because if you worry so much about getting it completely correct and accurate, and, oh my gosh, I'm going to go off that stage, I have to get it right, I have to get it right, and I've seen this. Mm -hmm. I've right. You know what? You can't do that. Yeah. Spirit's in charge. They're your boss. They're the ones who are in charge. You're the vessel. And if you worry so much about getting it right, your ego's involved. Your yes. ego is blocking God, if you will. Yeah, so yeah. you've got to keep the ego, uh, ego, ego, you've got to keep the ego in check yes. because um, you have to keep it in check so spirit can come through because the ego will block it otherwise. Did you start with one of these clear, you know, uh, abilities uh, where one was more dominant than the others and then the other sort of came uh, as you grew? Y yes. Well, every single person alive has um, you know intuition we call it intuition into the soul yep. and really that translates to what's called clairsentience clairsentience a French French word meaning clairsensing so all of us sense every single person usually senses so of course I was very sensitive and I would feel feel things right or right away when I'd walk into a place or I'd meet somebody but I was also very clairvoyant where mm -hmm. I would see spirit as a little boy I used to see spirits and colors around people which we now know as the aura, around people. So I'd see things clairvoyantly. Yeah. And, and still I started developing mediumship and a, and a d discipline. Then I started opening up um, uh, uh, clairaudiently, where I actually hear the thoughts and hear them and hear them and feel the personality. Oh. So then they became, and it's very interesting, it's hard sometimes to say you're just clairvoyant, clairsentient, clairaudience. Um, you, you sometimes it's jumbled. Sometimes it's all at once. Yeah. You feel, see, hear, taste all at once. Yeah. So it's, it's a different type of communication. It's a multi-sensory communication. Yeah. The only thing I can relate to, because I'm not a, a medium or a psychic, but I, um, I've had past life regressions, and those were multi-sensory experiences as well. First, mm -hmm. it came as uh, clear cognizance. Is that how you say it? Sort of yes. as a knowing. And right. um, uh, so the regressionist would ask a question and the answer would just be there. But then as, t as, as we continue with the regression, all of a sudden I was seeing things and feeling things and hearing things in, in that multi-sensory way. And so that's, that's the only way I can really relate to it. Um, when when you, you talked about, you know, your spirit guides are sort of involved. Have you had the same spirit guides throughout the whole, we'll say, no. life? No. no. 
They no, change. I don't think anybody does. I, I think we change. I, I've had um, several of the same ones, and they still do. Yeah. Um, I can relate that I know about. Um, and I've had changes, definitely. I'm like, oh, it's almost funny. I have five or six of the same ones. And then I've had other, other guides come through um, over the years as well. And now this is very interesting. Whenever I do an event, I will find that behind me are even different guides. And these guides have been brought to me to work with that audience, that particular individual audience that I'm working with that night. Mm. I will have guides based upon their energy of the audience, and they will come to me that way. It wasn't that interesting. Well, it is, but, you know, I've noticed... You know, this is this isn't even for, for mediums. This is for public speakers. That you know, there there's a every audience has a personality. You know, it seems as though whatever it is, you know, if everybody's in a bad mood, it's like most everybody's in a bad mood. If everybody's in a great mood, it's it's sort of that way too. But right. they, but when it comes to mediumship, I have recognized in these uh, medium demonstrations where you know there is live audiences and and you're giving random readings to the audience members that quite often there tends to be like a, a theme going on like a central message that seems to be for everyone you know or there's a lot of people who are, are dealing with they're grieving because of the because of a suicide in their life mm -hmm. or you know i see this a lot it's interesting so this is kind of what you're talking about they they do come together they're sort of drawn to this place, again, divine coincidence, you know? What's funny, Bob, because uh, a couple of experiences I've had, which I think are so fascinating to me, and I was going to be, by the way, I was thinking of studying when I was a little younger, in my 20s, I thought I'd go to psychology or sociology because I found the human animal so interesting. Yeah. It's so interesting to study them. Now, when, I go on, when I'm on stage and I'm about to do a demonstration and give out random readings, I talk to the audience a little bit beforehand. Right. And the reason I do that, there are many reasons behind that. Number one is to take away the expectation. Number two, to take away the fear, to alleviate the fear, show them I'm a, a normal, everyday, down-to-earth kind of guy they can laugh with. This is not something crazy. And thirdly, what it does is it gives their personal guides a chance to clean out their auras. Because when people come to a, a, a function, a, a demonstration, you have to realize that they come into that room with all of their belief systems, with their fears, with their limitations of the mind, and it all sits their desires, and it all sits in the aura. All of those shadows, those those thought forms are sitting in the aura. Mm. And what I find when I'm watching the audience and talking, I'm seeing their their guides cleaning out a lot of the auras in order for the energy for the spirit to come through and work with them. So it's so interesting to watch that. Yeah. And that's what I see because I was like, why am I waiting here 15 minutes, 20 minutes talking? Why can't I just go into the messages? I would know we have to clean the audience. We got to bring it all together as one energy. And we must clean, they, they said to me once, we must clean the atmospherics of the room. Oh my goodness. So I, I never even heard that before. So that's fascinating to me. Now, these guides that you see, they're sort of there for the group. Are they the ones who are doing this, or is it everybody's yes, individual? Yes, those yes. are the ones who are. Those, th those people, well, they're individual guides, and also there are guides that are just there for that group. For As sure. well. Okay. Yes. I've noticed a lot of personal guides. The person's personal guide behind them cleansing as well. Doing it as Doing. well. What other functions do these guys that are there for the group? Are they there for you to try to help you? Uh, 
different types of works for the guides. Number one, it's it's very interesting because as you were saying that it is true. It's, I was thinking this. It's like a stage crew, you know. Really, it's like a supporting cast. Yeah. In that, number one, cleaning the atmosphere, cleaning the energy from people because you don't want people to come in with negativity. You don't want people to come in with troubled minds. You don't want people to come in with like skepticism. You don't you don't want all these negative negative energy because you want to attain to the highest level possible. Yes. Right. So I they will work at that way. There's also I have several gatekeepers. They're called gatekeepers who work with me specifically in order to protect my shield, my energy, my shell, mm -hmm. and bring through into my atmosphere that spirit who wants to communicate to somebody in the audience. And I've heard on the side, as I'm talking to the audience members, I'll hear on the side, it's like someone whispering to the spirit. And it's a guide saying to that spirit, listen, you must concentrate the thought very, very strongly. You must send it with this much vibration into oh. James's atmosphere so he'll be able to pick it up and give information out. It's very much uh, the analogy I love to use. It's a radio. It's if they have to send me that thought, send me that vision within a certain level, a certain, a certain bandwidth, if mm. you will. If they send that thought too quickly, they project it too fast, I will not pick it up. If they send the thought too slowly, I will not pick it up. Mm. If they send it right to my level of vibration, and if they send that with emotion, with a lot of emotion on it, I'll tend to pick it up. Oh. It's also very important to note that many mediums do the best job they can when they have a spirit communicator who is very much like them, who, who has, a, for me, a sense of humor, um, a, a fondness, a philosophy, uh, an understanding, a compassion. If I can get somebody close to me, the readings and messages are even that much better. Oh, that's great. I love that. Well, it kind of brings into this uh, this question brings into light this question that I have about uh, how do you choose, especially especially at the beginning. Um, I, I think I I was in your audience. I don't even know. Say there's 1,500 people there, a lot of people there, and if everybody's got you know five spirits with them, they want to get through. How who makes that decision? Who's going to get through and who isn't going to get through? And and how do you deal with that? The guides that are working with the group and the guides that are working with me are the ones who decide whose message comes through. Mm -hmm. And I have found that the message that they choose, the communicator they choose, number one, has to be an effective communicator. Mm -hmm. Number two, the message that that communicator is going to bring through has to be one where it's beneficial for every single person sitting in that audience. So if there's a message about a father that comes through and talks to his daughter about how sorry he is he couldn't say I love you when he was alive, please forgive him. Many, many people in that audience, probably most of the people in that audience, will have an issue about forgiveness. Yeah. So through this sampling or example of this reading for the loved one in the audience, it may help and benefit every single person sitting there. Yeah. And I have found that all of the messages that come through, whether it's 10 readings, whether it's 20 readings, every single one has a benefit, has something that can help all those people. Yeah. You know, I love that you're putting that into words because I've noticed it. But and I and I've talked about it with uh, my wife Melissa, but I don't hear much, many people talking about it. I don't hear many mediums talking about it, and I'm so glad Can that I, you. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you something, Bob. I've seen many mediums out there, and um, and I'm very famous medium. I've seen a lot of media, famous mediums, not famous mediums. I I don't think they understand fully what the process is. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. I've seen some go out there and just stand there. Whatever happens, happens. And it's yes. like, no, yeah. you need to be in control of 
your your energetic body, what's happening with you. You need to contact your guides, be really in communication with your guides, mm. and you really need to be there. Not just you're not just this like uh, wire and whatever bird sits on the wire you bring through. It yeah. doesn't work that way. And a lot yeah. of mediums don't know the process correctly. I've seen it. Yeah. Well. I, yeah, I've seen it too. Um, all right. So I know a, a big question that a lot of people have is. All right, so you're getting the message from spirit, and you always tend to know where in the auditorium that message is going. Yeah. How, how do you know that? What are you feeling? Right, great question. Um, I described it yesterday. I was at an event for Halloween, actually, uh, and, oh, it was, cool. and it was interesting. I explained it to the audience. Um, when I'm given the information, many times the spirit guides will draw an, a line, if you will, an energetic line from me to that person in the audience or that area right there. And it's called psychic rods. They will set up the psychic rods, if you will. And from my solar plexus, it goes straight out to the person in the audience, the energy. Mm. It's almost like um, a, a tube, if you will. Yeah. And um, it's interesting, too, that people who are in the audience don't realize that that's happening. Mm. And um, it's unfortunate that the medium does not say to the audience members, please do not stand up and go in front of the medium when, when they're working because you can hurt them. So, for instance, if I'm working with somebody in the audience over here, mm. and someone gets up across, and it's happened to me, they'll get up and they might cross in front. All of a sudden, that that rod, that psychic rod, is like woof, right back into the medium solar plexus, and I feel it. It's like, and it comes back very quick. It's like a, a rubber band or a slingshot. I'm like, oh my goodness! And I'm like, oh, and I got to take a couple of breaths, and then it can be reestablished. But boy, that's that's how that works. Whoa! I first of all didn't realize that happened. I had no idea. And second of yeah. all, you know, not only does that interrupt the, the reading, but boy, I mean, what that does to you energetically, amazing. And, and again, I'll, I'll bet a lot of mediums are not aware that that even happens either. Uh, I'm sure they're not. Because you have to remember that when you're setting up a, a, a world, well, when you're setting up uh, a demonstration, let's say, whether a group of 10 people or a group of 2,000 people, yeah. what the medium and guides are doing is they are setting up atmosphere. They're setting up an atmospheric condition in order for the spirit people to come down to a lower vibration, a lower frequency, and to work with the sensitized medium. The medium is somewhat out of the body a little bit, so there's a little bit out of alternate state of consciousness, so they're a little bit out over here, yeah. and so that's what's happening. So mm. people got to be very respectful of the medium at work. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, Earlier, you know, you said at the very beginning of a reading in, in an auditorium like this, medium demonstration, you tend to get the messages to identify the person. Maybe some names, physical characteristics, how they died. Is this your spirit guides again, sort of telling them what you want? Um, are you in your mind sort of saying, look, this is, this is what I need? Or do they just know because the you know, spirits are aware, this is a medium demonstration, they know what you want first? How's I, I've seen it done different ways. I've seen it done where, and I'm just the receiver. So I've seen it done, but I've been aware of it being done as this. And this is an interesting one too. When I came across this, I'm like, wow. Um, my guide and the spirit, or guides and the spirit who's going to communicate, may together meld the thought, send a thought about the evidence, like what their name was, the age was, and they'll send it into my consciousness. They'll influence me, they'll impress me with the age 29, with the name of Mark, with the, you know, died from a, whatever it is, a blood disease. They'll influence me either together, they can meld the thought and send it together collectively, yeah. Yeah. or it can't be the spirit themselves. 
if they're strong enough, they will themselves project into my consciousness uh, the, the information. Okay. Uh, well, that brings up, uh, I've seen a lot of times, we'll say a grandfather will come in. He's been in spirit for a long time. And then a younger person will come in right behind him. And it seems as though the grandfather's helping the young person who just passed fairly recently communicate. Is that really what's happening? Yeah. And number one, that's a great question, Bob. And that's, that shows me that you really know your stuff because not many people would know this. But as you've seen, because you've seen many demonstrations, there could be one main spirit who comes through. It might be easier for one spirit to open the door, yeah, to, to open that door and then let all the others through. Um, the others might be hesitant. The others might not know how to do it. They might be a little nervous or scared. And they, they might come in, um, I've seen it over and over again, where that one spirit will come through and bring through other people. It happens where one spirit, let's say a grandfather, will come through and bring through information for the granddaughter. But then the other people sitting next to them, their relatives will come through. And it's this grandfather who brings through those other people's relatives. So they yes. help each other out. And that does happen quite a bit. Okay. Which is cool because, and it's important for people to know because if you, okay, we'll say you just lost, you know, you lost your son, you know, and you know he's the one that you really want to communicate with. You're, it's his loss that you're grieving. Grand, grandpa comes in. And you, some people are actually annoyed. Grandpa, get get out of the way. You know, I just want to talk to my son. Like, I don't want to be talking to some of these other people. Yet, in in a case like this, it may be them who's actually helping get the son through, right? So people sure. should know oh, this. For sure. Yeah, for sure. And it might be hard for that son to come right through because one of the first things that spirits pick up on this vibration, on this level of frequency, is the last memory that they had. And for most of everyone, it's the death condition. It's yeah. how they died. Wow. So that son might be so traumatized about his death, yeah. and he doesn't want to go through it again. He might think, oh, this stuff, I can't go through it again. Yeah. And that car smashed, I can't go through that again. Yeah. It's just a memory. It's not real. It's just a memory. But it might be so scary to him that he might need someone else to open the door for him to let him through. I love that. Um, and it's so interesting you say that because... When people come to a demonstration or spirit messages, they really should be open-minded. They should be very, very open-minded to whatever happens in the process. You cannot control things by thinking, okay, Johnny, come on, Johnny, come through, come through, come through, come through to the medium, come on, because you're really hindering the process. Mm. You're really holding back the process. You're diminishing the energy if you do that. You're not giving your son enough of the energy to work with or the spirit guides to work with. Yeah. So you really need to be open to whatever happens and realize, you know what? Let them be in charge. This is very hard for control freaks. Very, very hard. Definitely. Control, not good. Not and easy. speaking of control freaks, let's talk about those people who make deals. They make deals with their loved ones in spirit, and they say, if you say, you know, jelly bean, if you say jelly, <laughs> if you get him to say jelly bean, I'll believe. And all these wonderful messages come in, but you don't say jelly bean, now they just throw everything out. Talk sure. about these, these deals that people sure. make. Sure, it's funny because um, like a spirit can come through and talk about the, the actual name, the license plate, naming the numbers on a license plate, but because they haven't said jelly bean, that didn't happen. I mean, come on, <laughs> it's so crazy. It's so crazy. You know, the thing is, in, in life, we can't force people to say what we want them to say. We can't force our thoughts into someone's mind mm -hmm. and say, "You've got to say what I, you know right now." You can't say what I want you to say. Yeah. Why do they think it changes that much when they go to the spirit? Right. Doesn't change at all. Doesn't well, change at all. And is it true? I get the sense that you're there. You're getting a lot of messages at one time, and you're sort of picking and choosing which ones you're going to say. So 
You might have got the jelly bean. You just didn't say it because you thought something else was more important. Does that happen, you think? Uh, that ha used to happen at the very beginning when I first started 30 years ago. Yeah. But I've since honed it to such a point where if I am downloaded that information, I give it out. Because oh. my spirit is if they give it to me, I have to give it out. Now, I don't tell people when they're going to die. I don't. That's not what I do. Yeah. Um, but if spirit gives me something like that, like this person is really um, fatal here, yeah. I would say to them, you know, um, you should go see a doctor. Mm -hmm. um, how was your health? And I won't. I won't be morose, but I'll make sure they get the point that they should go seek some help. Yeah. Um, but I give out the information as I give it. I, I don't. If I'm giving 10, 000, 10 things, I give ten things. I, I and I think you're right in a certain way where spirit is projecting many many things, and maybe I pick up two or three or four of them. Yeah. That might yeah. happen too, and in, in yeah. the process I might be sending so much, but maybe I'm only picking up three or four or five or six of the things that they're projecting. There's a lot going on there. Um, do you follow a formula? You know, I mean, it does seem very formulaic, and you probably don't think of it as a formula anymore because you've been doing it for so many years. But maybe at the beginning of your calling, were you, did, were you actually sort of saying, okay, I need to bring through, you know, physical characteristics and how they died, and then later on in the reading, I'll give, you know, some more of the loving messages, the, the messages of forgiveness. Is there any kind of formula that you have, have, have done? Well, I, I think that it changes with the medium. I think that as a medium evolves spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally, because I think that we as mediums evolve as well. Mm. So mm. I think our work will be uh, 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 the work will show that, demonstrate that that growth yeah. or non-growth. Yeah. So I do think when I first started many years ago, I would sit and I would wait. I would wait till spirit gave me things. Yeah. I would sit there literally wait for five minutes. Say, okay, I'm not getting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting, and I'm. Um, being that Virgo that I am, you know, I gotta get details. So I would sit there and wait till I know it was a female, till I know the information said, "Oh, I'm his mother." And then I get sensing of energy. I, I feel like a mother energy or grandmother energy. So it's evolved over the years. It's been uh, refined over the years. I'll tell you that. Um, and it, it was a little bit of a process in the beginning because I would sit and I'd prepare myself, and and I still do to a point of view. It's it's just a little different, only because. I've done it for so long, yeah. Um, yeah. and I don't want to say it's automatic, but it certainly is easier to put myself into that state of receptivity yeah. than it used to be 30 years ago. And um, it's almost like I'm there, I know that I'm, I'm there, but I'll never ever take for granted that what, what the process is. You'll never yeah. take it for granted or that I have to be a recipient of spirit yeah. and that I'm only as good as I am listening and hearing and seeing. That's right. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, we talk about spirits all the time, and I think people forget that we're really we're talking about people in spirit. And because I get this sense that now I recognize things change when you get there, you know, but their personalities still seem intact. And so if there, if someone was a, we'll say we have a, a woman who was sort of fairly pushy, you know, when she was here in the physical plane. She gets uh -huh. over there. She's still kind of a pushy personality, or does she do that just so that her family members can identify her? Oh, that's a good question. Both, uh, both. I would say that uh, when she comes through for evidential purposes, she will demonstrate herself as the characteristics that she would be known by. So people tend to, as a natural. Thing, people tend to remember the negative qualities about someone before they remember the positive. Oh. They remember the personality traits very, very strongly. So it really is, I've heard my guides in their own way, in their own language, 
talk to the spirit and say, bring through that personality they would know. Mm -hmm. So many times, um, and this is a great one, for instance, you were in a demonstration that I did in Boston. And if you remember, there was, I think his name was Tony or Joey, and he was the last message I brought through for this, I think it was his sister. And he was very much like Jersey Shore, Italian Guido kind of guy, and he yes. looked like that. And he came through me very clearly, like, how you doing? And I was a heroin addict, and yeah, I shot up. And now I'm thinking, oh my God, you know, me as James would never do this. <laughs> that personality was so strong, okay. and he had to come through, and I had to let him come through, and he came through so strong that the person in the audience identified him. Now, yeah. that's how he'd be known in his last, last lifetime. Right. Is he still like that? Well, that's an aspect of his soul. Yeah. But that's a very small personality aspect of that soul. That soul is much bigger than just that little thing. So don't think of that personality. That's who the soul is. That's only a small aspect of that soul. Yeah. And and a lot of times that's just so you can – family members can identify, uh, identify right. them. And with that said, um, a lot of people ask, you know, okay, my, my, my grandmother, deceased grandmother didn't speak English. Right. So what happens? Can you still communicate with that? Just to see his grandmother. Sure, because sure, um, language is of the physical world, this three-dimensional world. Language, uh, thoughts are universal, so they telepathically can send you information with a thought. And I've worked all over the world. I've worked in you know every many many countries, and it's always been telepathic, always. Yeah. A telepathic and sensing. Yeah. So um, I've never had a problem with that because that's in the physical world. Yeah, and yet if they want to, they might be able to give you a word or two in their language to again to help identify them, right? I spoke Portuguese. Uh, I was given Portuguese names out in Brazil. I didn't know any of these Portuguese names. I didn't know what they were. They said, "Oh, that's his name." I'm like, "Okay, that's a name." Said, yes, it's in Portuguese. I said, "Okay," because they would give me the sound, and you can hear the sounds of things. Yeah, yeah. And that's receiving it. Yeah, that happens quite a bit when I work with foreign countries. I know that a lot of beginner mediums have difficulty shutting shutting it off, you know, so that uh -huh. spirits aren't constantly communicating with them. I think it would be interesting for everybody to sort of know how do, how do you go about shutting them off, creating that boundary where I don't want you bothering me 24 hours a day. Right. Um, I, I think it comes, you know, it's just very interesting that, um, mediums nowadays, mediums who are out there doing this work, I find, and I'm going to make a general statement, and forgive me, but I'm going to, I find that a lot of them are, number one, maybe not doing it for the right reason. Mm. Number two, they're not sitting long enough to development. Um, number three, they think they're going to be rich and famous. That's wrong. So I think that it comes in, why are they doing it? It should be only of service to human beings. Uh, they should sit for the right reason, which is service. Um, you will not be rich being a medium. It does not happen. It won't happen. I uh, was fortunate to write a book which did really well, so I, I financially I was fine from that. But you know, I still work. We all st I still work. <laughs> um, I do it for the service. You know, once you do the right work, the universe says yes. You know, we say no. Our ego say no. God always says yes. And and I think if you do it for the right reason, then things will be fine. Um, I think that you need to always, always sharpen your, your, your tool, always. You always have to sharpen. I mean, you have to. That's why I'm still working. I'm doing some more work workshops and doing some private readings and different things because I have to sharpen my instrument. Always, always you got to work. Always. I mean, I wish I could be better than I am. And you always have to have that sense of being better than you are. Yeah. On a daily basis, you should meditate. You should learn how to meditate properly. You should go through the process of meditation and grounding yourself and learning how to shut off the energy centers, how to, how to open them up when you're about to do the work and how to close them down when you're finished. And when you close down that connection with the spirit, 
you're done, you're finished, you're finished. You should not open that up again until you sit down to do the work. Yeah. And that's true for everybody. Yeah. If you're walking around and you're always open, it's going to affect you in a health, in a health level as well yeah. Yeah. because uh, it'll drain your prana, the energy of life. So the, the people need to know the process to do it. I have on my website um, a wonderful tool that people can download and it's developing your intuition um, and with meditations. It's a, a class, I have a couple of classes that people have loved and it's a 10-week class which they can go do as as long as they want. They can stay in one lesson for three weeks, three weeks, four weeks, and then go to the next lesson. Oh. So it's things like that. I put that out there because for this very reason. Yeah. That people, mediums, budding mediums, don't know the proper process. I, so, I was going to say it because I, I saw it. and This online course, I think, would be really important for people. And this is one of the things that you cover is how they can shut it off and turn it, you know, uh, turn it on, exactly. shut it off. And... Uh, you also have, uh, let's just talk a little bit about some of the other courses you have. You have one on meditation, correct? Because correct. There's several meditation on, on divine love, on healing and forgiveness. Uh, I have uh, empowering your intuition. I have a bunch of meditations. And they are the ones that I've worked on for many, many years. And um, some of them I had developed for two years. And uh, wow. they, they're very effective. And yeah. people have uh, given five stars across the board. I feel like you, know, you have to give back to people and, and this information, this knowledge is not just for me. Yeah. It's knowledge that I've attained from spirit, from my uh, teachers, to give out to other people, to share it, to share it, to share yeah. it. And that's what it's about. And I know me, I know meditation has been important to, to you in, in your own life and mm -hmm. w one of the reasons that you have books and, and online courses and, and that people can uh, help to, to learn how to meditate themselves and, and even meditate better. Uh, and, but I also recognize I've been to two events of yours in the last year, and you you walked the audiences through a meditation just to get them in the right in the right energy, right, the right mood. Yes, I, I, not many mediums do that. Actually, I don't know any other mediums that do do that. Um, I went to England with Tony Stockwell, who's a great medium over there, mm -hmm. and um, he just said he goes out and just delivers messages. Mm -hmm. And I was shocked, I'm like, wow, I, I don't know that. But I was I was not trained that way. Yeah. The way I was trained, and most British mediums are do that. They just go out and do that. The way I was trained for me is I go out and I've got to meld the energy of the people together. And I, I do that for that reason. Number two, for the atmosphere, of course, clean the atmosphere, change the atmosphere. And also, another reason I do that is to show people that they can meditate, that yeah. they, and, and connect them to their own power. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't know who they are. A lot of people don't know who they, what their power is. Mm. And it's a way that I can help them to really reach in and, and acknowledge their power and that they can use that every single day. It's a tool I give them that they can leave that, that evening, that demonstration, knowing that they can go to that space, go into that center, go into that power space, and always have that in their lives. And when you come from a place of power, it's a lot easier in life. Oh, yeah, well, I, I know I need to meditate more. Uh, yes, you do, Bob, and I was just going to tell you about that. <laughs> well, I appreciate you holding it back on that one, but yes, yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. All right, I just have a few more questions. One is, you know, how do you tell the difference between a psychic and a mediumistic message? So a message is coming in. How do you know if it's coming through you psychically or through spirit communication? Great question, and I'm going to tell you that there are a lot of mediums out there who are just psychics. Um, and they have the name medium. Mm. And there's another term out there which I hate called psychic medium. Well, it doesn't make sense to me. It's an oxymoron because 
I'm hoping the medium is psychic because otherwise, hello, that's a basic groundwork. Mm. In order for a medium to be to be a medium, you first have to have a high level of intuition. You have to be able to be uh, intuitive, read someone on a psychic level, um, and then you tune into a higher frequency, which is mediumship. So I would hope that they're psychic. So saying psychic medium to me is like. What does that mean? I mean, so I hope they can. Um, the, yeah. the difference between a psychic and a medium, just first of all, a psychic is somebody, like every single person is psychic from one degree or another. We're all intuitive. Yeah. It's someone that's able to read energy. Energy, molecules that vibrate at a certain rate of speed. So the person is able to read that energy from the past, present, or future. Yes. A medium is someone who's not only able to tune in on that level of energy, yeah, from the past, present, future, and, but they can tune into a higher level of frequency and be the in-between of those higher levels of spirit and the lower levels of the physical. And they're the, they're the instrument that's able to bring through evidential details. A medium brings through evidential details, names, places, events, situations, memories that only the person from spirit and the person receiving the message would know about. Yeah. I've seen mediums stand up there and say, and here's the difference. I'll show you the difference. A medium was like, oh, you know, you're a lovely person. I see that you're working very hard in your job. And that, you know, there's a lady at your job you're having trouble with. And um, that's going to change in the month of April. That will change because she's going to be getting fired. And, oh, you're going to get married in, at the end of April as well. That is a psychic reading. That is a medium who is resting on their laurels, if I say so. <laughs> because they're giving them a psychic reading, not a mediumship reading. Right. The difference the mediumship reading then would be, hello, I have your father here. His name is Max. He t tells me that he died uh, in uh, 1978, and he used to drive an Impala, brown Impala station wagon. And he has a memory of you in the back seat with a beach ball. And um, he's watching over uh, uh, work with you. And um, he's there behind you, and you have a picture of him in the in the desk on the left side. That's a mediumship reading, yep. opposed to psychic reading. Wonderful. And I've seen many mediums fall back into the intuition. It's easy to do that. Yeah. But it's lazy mediumship. Yeah. Okay. It's All right. Lazy mediumship. Mm, good to know. Um, similar question then. How do you know which which message is coming from which spirit? I've had readings. Uh, with mediums where they'll give me a message and I'll say, okay, well, who did that come from? Because it makes a difference if it came from my father or my aunt, you know, and they don't know. Too, uh, way too often they don't know. Oh, uh, how okay. is any advice for these kinds of Yeah, things? they should they should drop out and become librarians, I think. <laughs> uh, I mean, gosh, part of the being a medium is to be able to differentiate the spirit. Um, and I understand because when I work, it is like air traffic control because sometimes the door opens, you have several spirits at once. And you only being a human being can really only differentiate one from the other. But listen, just like in a group when you have a party and there's one person that talks and another person talks on to that person, another talk, you're hearing several voices, that does happen in mediumship. So I, I'm going to grant that. I'm going to give that to most mediums. At the same time, I will say, the medium really needs to perfect their abilities in that they know they can recognize what energy that is coming from. Does that energy feel like it's coming from the father energy that's saying that? Uh, do you hear the, the father's voice? Is the position of the father behind you over here and you're getting it there for the information? Or is it a woman who's standing in front of you? Where is it coming from? And that's really very much of pinpointing. It's pinpointing exactly where you're hearing it from. And that comes with development. That comes with development, development, development. It really does. Wow. Even the, But even been doing this 30 years, I still do get that sometimes too, where I'm hearing something over here and something over here because they're jumping on top of each other. That yeah. does happen. You can't you can't control that, but at least you can do the best you can as far as your discernment between the spirits. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, I mean, I think I asked you pretty much every question that I wanted to ask you, and uh, I want to tell people. Don't ask me, Bob. But uh, the answer, is, the answer, the, you have one more you have not asked me. But uh oh. The answer is yes. <laughs> What's the question? <laughs> you'll, you'll have to psychically pick that up. <laughs> okay. All right, I'll take the course and see how I do with that. <laughs> but listen, thank you so much for for sharing this amazing information. I recognize that you, you know, in your answers and in your work, I noticed too, the 30 years, you know, working in this field shows up. It really does actually make a big difference experience. It shows how much experience really helps. Also, the fact that I know you've, you've, you've honed your craft as much as, as much as you possibly can. Um, and you're still trying, as you, as you sure. did point out, um, yeah. uh, always trying to get better. That's, that's a sign of what? I don't know, a Virgo? Uh, you get Virgo <laughs> in there anywhere? Perfectionist, control freak, I don't know. Okay. Um, but, you know, I want people to, if they want more information about your online courses, about your events, I highly recommend people go to one of your events. Now, you, go, you do large events like I was talking about. You also do events where it's limited to 150 people. That's, that's in right. California, right? It's in California, but I'm going to go across the country. So I'll be doing some in uh, Florida and some in California, uh, some in uh, Texas, some in Massachusetts, some in uh, Chicago. So I'll be doing it around the country. It's been yeah. so successful here in California. And I've had a lot of people from around the country saying, please come here. So we're right now literally going, checking out places to have them. So we're going to be doing smaller groups around the country. Okay. Well, so they have uh, to my website to my, and my Facebook and my website to find out the information. All right. And the website is www.vanpraag.com, vanprag.com. Uh, and anyways, underneath this video, people are going to be able to read all the bio about you with all the links to your website and everything right. else. So again, thank you very much. And I, I hope you'll come back. I want to interview about so many other things. So I hope you'll come back in the future. I'll be James. around. <laughs> Not going anywhere. <laughs> thank you so much, James. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. Bye now. Bye.